Welcome to the shit show. Hello, my squirrel friends. So, Kate and I are here again today. Say hi, Kate. Hello. And uh, before I get started on my doozy of a case, because I feel like whenever I say that, you guys know it's going to be crazy. I do want to apologize for only recording one or releasing one episode last week. Um, oh, guys, you don't even know. Like, I was so tired. She was like, oh, can we do this time? I'm like, sure. She texts me, uh, maybe not. <laughs> I can't make it. Like, I, I, I don't know what was happening. So I do. So I, most of you may or may not know, I'm at my, currently at my internship uh, for my master's degree. And I, I'm not a high school counselor, guys. <laughs> But because of my degree plan, I have to, I had to do half of my internship hours at one like elementary school and then the other half either at middle or high school. And so they placed me in high school. I and middle school. I am not a high school counselor. I'm just not. Because we did senior conferences this week, which means that you have to meet with each senior in the entire senior class, which right now there are 309 of them Holy plus 12 God. early graduates, right? Oh. Dad. So that is a lot of kids to meet with in two weeks. And last week was the first week. Worth no matter what. Huh? I don't care if you give me two weeks or two months. That's a lot of fucking kids. <laughs> right, but they are meeting with them in two weeks to give you an idea of like. Oh. So, and last week was the first week. Um, and it was nuts. And this week is not going to be much better because <laughs> I also have senior conferences this week, which is why Kate and I are going to do two recordings very close to each other so that I can put out two episodes this week. Um, because on Wednesday, is Wednesday the 13th? Yes, Wednesday is the 13th. Wednesday, I, ha I am proctoring the PSATs for the 10th and 11th graders. Ew. And that's three hours of my life where I can't have my phone on me. I can't read a book. I just have to watch the kids test and make sure they don't cheat. And that's my life. <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to it. But it's direct hours and I need more of those. So. Oh, and then um, I wanted to start adding like crime pieces. Like now crime pieces. And <laughs> there's one that happened in my area on Saturday. <laughs> and like fucking did. So I, now I live in a very remote area. Like there's not a lot out here. Um, I'm like 10 miles from the North Carolina border. Uh, to give you guys an idea of like where I'm at. And over the weekend, it was Friday night into Saturday. A man at the local Walmart was held at gunpoint. He was kidnapped. And then the guy took him to an ATM where he had to withdraw a certain amount of money. And then the guy just left him on the road somewhere in North Carolina. <laughs> wow. They caught the guy. But like, I'm like, listen, I already have a hard enough time going to that Walmart to begin with. Like, just because it's just, it's not that it's a shady Walmart. It's just like, there's only ever like two lanes open. Mm. And people are gross. <laughs> And now I feel like this is just not helping the situation. 
like at all. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm going to get help like on point. I mean, not me personally, because a lot of people that were posting on the on the news story on Wavy 10 said some stuff that I'm like, yeah, because they were like, this story should have been guy was killed in local Walmart after trying to rob a man. <laughs> like, like a lot of the people out here believe in concealed carry. <laughs> I mean, um, wrong. I get it to an extent, but yeah. I wouldn't have killed him. I would have just taken out his kneecaps. We all right. know how much I would have been like, you know, you don't need to, you don't need kneecaps if you're going to do stupid shit. Right. You can get a fake one. It's fine. Um, games win stupid prizes. Right. Now I usually have a taser on me. So now I have to like make sure that I charge that shit. Cause like now I'm paranoid. Um, let's be real. It always happens at fucking Walmart. It does. <laughs> And I mean, I don't really go in there that much anyway. I usually try and do the Walmart pickup, which it sometimes seems very lazy of me, especially if I'm home like and I all day and I could just walk in there. But honestly, I hate Walmart. If I could, I would never shop there again. But because the grocery shopping around here is so limited, that's what I have. Well, and unfortunately, it's damn cheap too. Yes, that too. Unfortunately. Um. All right. Always like I don't like Walmart because I don't like their business practices, but. I have two children, and yeah, well, one of them is a boy, so <laughs> which means you have a small man living in your home. Don't don't lie. Plus, I have a fiance who is also a bottomless pit, so you know. Yeah, well, I have a teen. I have two teenagers and my yeah. husband. But then the big money maker for the big money seeper, I should say, for me right now is the animals because I have four cats and three dogs. Goddamn woman. And while the cat food isn't too bad, because oh, I have to special order it because two of my cats have issues, um, oh. it's the cat litter because you have to have a box for every cat plus an extra one. So yeah. that's when, what we save a lot on at Walmart. And then the dog food, because, you know, we have two dogs that are over 50 pounds. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we save money there because I have one that's 90, I have one that's 60, and then I have a 10-pound dog. So... They eat a lot of food. <laughs> I love it. I got a 90, a 60, and a 10-pounder. What? <laughs> well, the if it helps, the 10-pound thinks she's a 90-pound, and the 90-pound thinks he's a 10-pound, so they even themselves out. Well, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Dog um, okay, so the one I have today is... <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, right there? Yeah, well, I found this guy on Happenstance. Um, because what I did was I googled unknown crimes, like, un, you know, because like a lot of people go for the big ones on podcasts, like Ted Bundy, oh. uh, Robert Hansen, which I'm probably going to be doing Hansen eventually because that guy was sick as fuck. Uh, the Toy Box Killers, uh, Golden Gates, the Golden, isn't it the Golden Gate Killer? I Golden think, yeah. Anyway, everybody goes for the big ones. So I'm trying to find the ones that people don't know as well. And for some reason, whenever I look, I find cannibals. Because the last time I did a search like this, we did the episode, well, I did the episode on Catherine Knight. Yeah. The woman who fed her husband to their children. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, for some reason, though, every time I look for an obscure case, it brings me to the cannibals. So, this particular cannibal was called the Cannibal Superstar. Issei Sagawa. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to name the podcast. 
<laughs> episode <laughs> cannibal superstar Issei Sagawa. <laughs> God. Now, Issei, and I'm gonna, if, if I'm saying this wrong and there are people who know Japanese, my fucking bad, okay? Uh, Issei Sagawa was born on April 26, 1949. Um, and he was quoted that as long as he could remember, he possessed cannibalistic urges and the fascination with eating human flesh. Now, this guy reminds me a lot of a Japanese Ed Kemper in the fact that he can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, he does not stop talking. Um, now, he reports that he and lowering him and his brother into a stew pot for eating. Because you know okay. that. <laughs> right. Sagawa sought out fairy tales that involved humans being eaten, and his favorite story was Hansel and Gretel. I was going to say, so he likes Hansel and Gretel. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, he even recalls noticing classmates' thighs in the first grade and thinking, mm, that looks delicious. <laughs> I mean, my husband thinks the same when he looks at my thighs, but not in the same that's context. That's like, <laughs> like <ooh. laughs> okay. So now, all right, we already when, know we're going to hell. It's fine. I am so going to hell. Um, now, when he entered puberty, Sagawa's bizarre fascination with cannibalism developed a sexual component. And he started fantasizing about eating flesh even more. Specifically about women. That is um, what it means to eat your girl out, bro. Facts. I was waiting for you to make that. <laughs> that is not what eating her out means, sir. Uh... He now here's what what gets me. He blamed the social the media's representation of Western women like Grace Kelly for sparking his cannibalistic fantasies, equating it to what most people would call a sexual desire. Bro. I'm sorry, what? The media is not why you want to eat people. It's okay. Kind of, you know, mental disorder, actually. But. Right. Something's missing in your brain. It has nothing to do or with what Grace Kelly looked like. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I could say maybe if I if it was like back when they were doing those weird ass Hardy commercials. You remember those? Like, where they try to make everything sexual. Yes. Like, maybe I could like be like, I did you watch too many Hardy's commercials, sir? Maybe. I don't know. But so. He said while his peers were dreaming of sleeping with beautiful women, he was dreaming of eating them. Which I'm just like, okay. Um, now, he actually didn't try to bring his desires to fruition until 1972 uh, when he broke into the Tokyo apartment of a young German woman with the intention of eating part of her body. Just part <clears throat> Thankfully, the woman, <coughs> I couldn't find her name, but the woman woke before Sagawa could start, like, attacking her. Um, and mind you, she was only, uh, and they, and uh, sh he was only five, he's only five feet tall, Sagawa. Maybe. Dude, he's shorter than me. That's impressive. Um, she, it, because of his small stature, she was able to uh, overpower him. 
Um, the police arrested him for attempted rape, not realizing that Sagawa had intended to eat her and not sexually assault her. I mean, um, <laughs> I guess that's... Again, I don't think he understood the assignment. Right, like, I... <laughs> like, it's kind of one of those things that you're like, the one time that they ever arrest somebody for rape, and it's not... Not rape, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, bro. But, I mean, at least they got her, but get this. So, Sagawa's wealthy father offered the woman money if she would drop the attempted sexual charges against his son. And he was never prosecuted. I mean, I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing, because it wouldn't have been for the right thing. Right. But I but. mean... Uh, um... So, Sagawa says that the reason behind his cannibalistic tendencies can't be explained... Or conceptualized I, by anyone who doesn't share his exact urges. So he's saying that he can't explain why he wants to eat people unless someone, just unless you're a cannibal, basically. He's like, look, I couldn't explain it to you. You wouldn't understand. You're I right. know. You know what? That I, makes me feel like such an emo kid statement. Right. Like, like sir, <laughs> you're not. You're not sad, sir. You want to eat somebody. Like, there's, <laughs> I mean, that's sad, but, you know. Uh, he said, it's simply a fetish. For example, no. if a normal man fancied a girl, he'd he'd naturally feel a desire to see her as often as possible, to be close to her, to smell her, and to kiss her, right? To me, eating is just another extension of that. Frankly, I can't fathom why everyone doesn't feel this urge to eat, to consume other people. <laughs> he, however, maintains that he has never thought about killing someone and he only wants to gnaw on their flesh, quote-unquote. I, I can't. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. So he was always short, apparently, right? And he describes his legs that look like pencils. And I'm going to post a picture of him. He was really skinny. Um... He believed that because he was just under five feet tall, he was too repulsive to attract the kind of physical intimacy that would have tempered his desires. Okay. I'm sorry, but there is somebody for everybody. You just have to be not be a fucking weirdo. Um, if my boyfriend told me he was interested in um, cannibalism. I, I might. Uh, right. But I mean, like some people are into like drinking each other's blood. What? And while I'm not, hold on. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry, my allergies are bothering me today, guys. Um, if you couldn't tell by the 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 cat sneeze there, <laughs> yeah, the cat sneeze. Uh, so again, there are people that like the whole like biting. And maybe that's what he needed, not necessarily consuming it, but just biting someone could have satiated it. I don't know. I mean, but, don't get me wrong. I randomly walk up to my fiance and just bite him. But oh, I mean, right. And my husband randomly bites my thigh or my ass for whatever reason. So, like, I get it. Because it's juicy. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely something. Uh, now, although Sagawa did once attempt to see a psychiatrist for his urges at the age of 15... He found it unhelpful and retreated further into his isolated psyche. I can't imagine. And then, 
helpful at 15 for yeah i don't i can't see therapy helping with that because back then because they would have been like you want to do what right well because let's see hold on we got a math for a second where it's 2021 no 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 not that oh. i know what year it is it's not what i'm mathing jeez no i'm trying to figure out what year it would have been when he was because i didn't write that down Oh, yeah, no way. It would have been 1964. Oh, yeah. They would not have helped him with that. <laughs> not in Japan. Either. Uh -uh. <laughs> um, now, in 1981... Bum, bum, bum! Um, his desire that he is repressed for 32 years, he said he finally acted on them. Um... Now, Issei Sagawa had moved to Paris to study literature at the Sorbonne, a public research university. If I said that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, once there, he said his cannibalistic urges just like went bananas. And he said, and I quote, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and then try to shoot them from behind. And he wrote this in his best-selling novel, but we'll get to that. Why the fuck do we keep- Now we'll get to that, girlfriend. <laughs> why we can't have nice things um he said it became less about wanting to eat them but more of an of an obsession with the idea that i simply had to carry out this quote-unquote ritual of killing a girl no matter what um renette and i'm gonna fuck this up i'm really sorry there's a couple other names in here i'm gonna fuck up but i'm really gonna fuck up her name hartvelt Hartevelt, Rene Hartevelt, was a Dutch student studying with Sagawa at the Sarbonne. Over time, Sagawa struck up a friendship with her, occasionally inviting her to his home for dinner <laughs> and doing so, he gained her trust. Now, he attempted to kill her once unsuccessfully before he actually murdered her. Ma'am, why did you go back? The first time the gun misfired when her back was turned. Um, now, Sagawa said this only pushed, pushed him further down the rabbit hole of needing to kill her. He said it made me even more hysterical and I knew I simply had to kill her. And the very next night, he did. <laughs> Ma'am, <laughs> why the fuck would you go back? Because she didn't see it. He but tried to shoot her from behind and she didn't see it. Yeah, but you'd hear it. Right. Um, but this time the gun fired and Hart Evelt was killed instantly. Sagawa stated he only felt a moment of remorse before he became elated. <laughs> I um, I'm just imagining. I did it. Right. He said, I thought about calling an ambulance, but then I thought, hang on, don't be stupid. You've been dreaming about this for 32 years now, and it's actually happening. <laughs> He's making this sound like, I finally made it to Disneyland. <laughs> right, like, dude, you fucking murdered someone. Like, Not the fucking same thing, guy. <laughs> now, in an interview from 2017, Sagawa admitted that he was fulfilling a dream of 32 years in the making and that he would happily do it again. 
I want you guys to remember that he said he would happily do it again. Okay? Because that's important for later. So, immediately after he killed her... If you're about to tell me that some dumb motherfucker said this fucker was rehabilitated when he said he would happily do it again and let him out, I'm gonna fucking murder someone. I'm gonna go back in time just to shoot somebody. It's worse than that. Oh, but no. we'll get to it. We're <laughs> working on your time travel plans because we're that's where we're going. So immediately after Sagawa killed Renee, he raped her corpse and began cutting her open. And he describes this in detail. I'm only going to read some of it because he said, the first thing I did was cut into her buttock. No matter how deep I cut, all I saw was the fat beneath the skin. It looked like corn and it took a while to actually reach the red meat. The moment I saw the meat, I tore a chunk off with my fingers and threw it into my mouth. It was truly a historic moment for me. He he said, ultimately, his only regret is that he hadn't eaten her while she was still alive. He says, what I truly wished was to eat her living flesh. Nobody believes me, but my ultimate intention was to eat her, not necessarily to kill her. But here's the part that I call bullshit, right? Because if his only intent was to eat her, why did he rape her corpse? Like, I call bullshit, sir. So, two days after he killed Hartevelt, Sagawa disposed of what remained of her body. He had eaten or frozen most of her pelvic region. So he put her legs, torso, and head into two suitcases and hailed a cab. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> the taxi dropped him off and I'm going to fuck this up. So if anybody is from France, I'm fucking sorry. Okay. But I am American. Uh, boys day. He, he got dropped off at the boys day. Belugna. Belugna. <laughs> he got dropped off at a park guys. <laughs> I tried saying this and honestly, the second word looks like baloney to me. So, <laughs> oh god um, now inside this park there was a lake he had planned to drop the suitcases within the lake but several people noticed the suitcases were dripping blood and notified the french police when the police caught up with sagawa and questioned him his response was a simple admission i killed her to eat her flesh she said now here's what's fucked up and again, this is like, oh, you now know, fucked up territory. Yes. Just now. So, just now. Everything else was totally fine. Yes. Now, in the 80s, the media wasn't as censored as it is now. Um, I mean, look at some of the things that we watched in our childhood. Okay. So, like, the media was not censored. Crime scene photos <laughs> of Renee Hartevelt's murder and dismemberment were leaked to the press and they were published by a popular French magazine. Um, the images included the woman's nude body, which had been manipulated or mutilated and cut into pieces. <clears throat> 
And the publication of the pictures were reported to deeply disturb the people of France as well as Renee's family and friends. Obviously. Nobody wants to see their family member like that. Hope so. So there was a public outrage caused by the circulation of the photos. (coughs) And it caused a reporter to be arrested for publishing the pictures. And more than 200,000 copies of the magazines were seized by law enforcement. Good. The scandal surrounding these photos also spurred members of the French justice system to find a way to deal with the notoriety caused by Sagawa. Because he was basically being turned into a celebrity, right? Which is bananas. So Sagawa awaited his trial for two years in a French prison. When it came time for him to be tried, French judge Jean-Louis Brugere... (laughs) I'm butchering these names, guys. I'm so sorry. Declared him legally insane and unfit to stand trial, dropping the charges and ordering him to be held indefinitely in a mental institution. You guys can't see it, but I just had a huge eye roll, and you're going to find out why. So they then deported him back to Japan, where he was supposed to spend the rest of his days in a Japanese mental hospital. But guess what? He didn't. (laughs) Because the charges in France had been dropped, the court documents were sealed and couldn't be released to Japanese authorities. Therefore, the Japanese had no cause against Sagawa and no choice but to let him walk fucking free. So on August 12, 1986, Issei Sagawa checked himself out checked himself out checked himself out (laughs) and not Uh, on my face but (laughs) you should see Kay's face like i think yeah you know she looks like those those cartoon characters right before they like their like head explodes and like steam just (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) um have nice things He's ch- uh, out of the. He checked himself out of the Matsuzawa Psychiatric Hospital in Tokyo, and he's been free ever since. Now, th- this is where my friend gets. I can't. I can't. I can't. So, <laughs> he really. I want to say before I go any farther, he really cashed in on his notoriety from this whole thing. This is why they called him the celebrity cannibal, because... This is why we need to stop romanticizing fucking serial killers. Right, and I mean, technically he's just a murderer, but he's like the worst kind to me. Aside from child killers, cannibals are right there. Um, Like, what the... So you're gonna love this next part. (laughs) Am I, though? No. (laughs) Sagawa appeared in Unfaithful Wife a Shameful Torture, which was a low-budget porno movie that was released in 1992. <laughs> the film is about an underground club in Tokyo where women allow themselves to be drugged and subjected to fetishistic sex. In the movie, someone starts killing and dismembering the female members of the club, resulting in a disturbing mix of sex and extreme violence. Because, you know... Saga was perfect for that role. And get this, this is the piece they resist on to this film. When Sagawa appears in this film, he pretends to eat a woman's buttocks. 
capitalizing on the infamy he gained from killing and eating Renee Hartevelt. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. <laughs> Good job, Fritz. Um, and like, I want to blame the Japanese authority, but you can't because they oh, literally okay. legally had no right to hold him. Like, like we can't do anything if you're going to seal the records. And, they should have sent the records over. You know what I mean? Like, this is why we're releasing him to you because he's too insane to go to jail. He needs to be in a mental hospital. Why they chose to seal them is beyond me. Did we take, like, did y'all take a page out of the American justice system book? Because we are not the go-to, my friends. Facts. We so, make decisions out here. We make terrible decisions about criminals. Now, in 2005, Sagawa's parents died, and he was actually prevented from attending their funeral. <laughs> Good. Um, so, uh, right at this time, Sagawa had to remove, because uh, apparently he was living with his parents. Uh, he had to move into public housing and started receiving welfare benefits. Uh, in 2011, Sagawa said that being forced to make a living while being known as a murderer and a cannibal was a terrible punishment. Okay. Well, um, I've been known for that, dumbass. Facts. You shouldn't have been a piece of shit. <laughs> Now, in 2003, Sagawa was hospitalized from a cerebral infarction, which is a stroke. Yeah. Uh, and it permanently damaged his nervous system. So, while he lives alone, he does need daily assistance, which is provided either by his younger brother or caregivers. Um, no, let him fucking die. <laughs> so nice. So, hey, I'll have to be nice. Even though he is alive and confined to a wheelchair, reliant on public assistance, and looked after by his brother, it's still terrifying that this guy is just wandering Tokyo. Um, and he said, and I quote, this is a whole quote from him, by the way, the desire to eat people becomes so intense around Jun, which is his brother. Oh, I'm sorry, not Jun, Jun. I forgot the E. When women start wearing less and showing more skin. So he's talking about <laughs> wanting, like, going out during the summertime and having intense feelings to eat people in the hot, uh, summer. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> he said just, and this is a, do this is a, it, this was from a documentary. He said, just today I saw a girl with a really nice derriere on the way to the train station. When I see things like that, I think about wanting to eat someone again before I die. But, you know. He's in the train station with her at the time. And everybody's okay with this. Uh, he said, what I'm saying is I can't bear the thought of leaving this life without ever tasting that derriere that I saw or her thighs. I want to eat them again while I'm alive so that I can at least be satisfied when I die. Oh. <laughs> no satisfaction. He said he even planned how he will do it. Okay. Good for he you. said... I will either eat sukayaki or shabu-shabu, which is lightly boiled thin slices. Uh, he said it's the, it's the best way to go in order to really savor the natural flavor of the meat. <laughs> Look, my guy. <laughs> but his brother's really his brother's name really is Jun, by the way. J-U-N. 
So I can excuse myself for my notes because they're, they're, they shouldn't be so close. Okay. Oh, his, so, bro- his brother shouldn't be taking care of him. He should be. Well, wait till you get till I describe his brother. His brother's not much better. So in the meantime, you know, he has refrained from cannibalism, but that hasn't stopped him from capitalizing on his crime. Um, he wrote restaurant reviews for the Japanese magazine Spa and enjoyed success on a lecture circuit talking about his urges and his crime. No. My mom's... Um, now, while he was in French... Jesus, police custody, Sagawa wrote a novel called In the Fog, which he also illustrated... <laughs> You know, that's not weird. No. The book, while the book was supposed to be a work of fiction, it told the story of a man who murdered a woman, raped her corpse, and ate pieces of her flesh, causing many to conclude it was a true account of his crimes. And to date, he Uh, has published 20 books. I wish you guys could see the look Kate just gave me. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, it's not like I've been working on a book for the last, like, six years trying to make sure that it's perfect so that it can get published and, like, got denied because they wanted more edits and shit. But nah, maybe I should just kill somebody and then I can have 20 books published. Eat, you gotta eat them too. Right. So his most recent book is called Extremely Intimate Fantasies of Beautiful Girls. And it is filled with pictures drawn by himself as well as famous artists. Sagawa has even appeared on cooking shows where he's eaten raw meat. An obvious nod, they say, to his cannibalism. He has also been a guest on several Japanese talk shows. And although his popularity has declined in recent years... Because he is trying to avoid work that capitalizes on the status as a, as his famous as a famous cannibal and murderer, he has also sold a number of paintings, many of them featuring nude women. Look, <laughs> so buy a flashlight and chew on that while you watch some porn. So neither Sagawa's family nor the relatives of Rene wanted him to publish the book in the fog. Um, However, the public was more than happy to to read the details about the murder, necrophilia, cannibalism. Um, And he said this and I died. He said, I hope that people who read it will at least stop thinking of me as a monster. Sir. In the Fog did become a bestseller. Of course it fucking did. Of course it fucking did. And made him a controversial celebrity, a controversial celebrity in both France and Japan. But like my whole thing is like, (laughs) maybe you may not think you're a monster when the story that you wrote in the fog literally is almost an exact copy of what you fucking did, did to this poor woman. Like, so now apparently Sagawa suffers from diabetes and has suffered two heart attacks since 2015. Good. Um, now his most latest claim to fame thing, which is disturbing as shit, uh, is called Kenba, 
and it is made by directors Ver- and I'm gonna fuck these names up and I am so fucking sorry Verena Paravel Lucian Casting Taylor and producer Nao Nakazawa and it was part of the Japanese Avant Grand and Experimental Film Festival and it was released December 16th 2017 it's a documentary basically no um Stop making shit about these stupid fuckers. Let Facts. them fight in obscurity. Do we not? Did no one else watch Coco? <laughs> right. As long as we forget about them, he'll disappear. So in it, Sagawa is shown as confined to his wheelchair, being looked after by his brother Jun. But Jun displays his own particular fetish in the movie. Jun is shown wrapping his arms in barbed wire and digging at the wounds with sharp tools. Okay, so he's a masochist. Cool. Facts. So he's a masochist and his brother's a cannibal. (sighs) Now, to make the film, the director spent several months with the brothers, often staring at Sagawa and exchanging no words while forming a bond of trust. Now, I want to know how the fuck that is a bond of trust. I trust um, you. Eat me because I am making your life story. After no, I'm the, done, you might kill me. But they were just staring at each other. Like, how does that create a bond of trust? I don't know. So, but apparently it paid off. Um, when Sagawa walked the filmmakers. I'm taking a deep breath, guys. Walked the filmmakers through the panels of his illustrated confessional. A highly graphic manga comic book. Of course. However, it is written and illustrated by Sagawa and is currently out of print, but you can find it on Amazon for $248. If any of you fucking listeners buy that, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> the graphics depict him committing his heinous act and exposes the insecurities that led him there. Dude, it's not an insecurity. You're just a piece of shit. Yes. So like much of Sagawa's life, casting Taylor added, the moment is frightening and comic and very disturbing. Like looking at this comic book. Um, for all the shock value in Canaba, the directors aim to convey something old-fashioned. Um... Casting Taylor said, I think it is a brotherly love story, but fraught with hatred and profound competition. How is it a brotherly love story? Is what I want to know. Because, and this is where I'm done. At some point in the documentary, Jun asks Sagawa, as your brother, would you eat me? And Sagawa's only response is staring at him in prolonged silence. (laughs) That's it. So if that doesn't... So, like, my whole thing is this. Okay. And this is what... When I I first read that, this is what I'm comparing it to. And y'all can judge me all you want. So, uh, women especially... When you are on Shark Week and you are craving something like chocolate, right? And you smell brownies baking. 
it's like blood in the water, right? You're instantly drawn to it. So my question is, every time his brother wraps his arms in barbed wire and digs at the wounds, <laughs> is that Sagawa's blood in the water, brownies in the air kind of thing? Probably. Like, can he like... <laughs> Ugh. Here's one. Okay, so your brother likes his fucking pain. You want to eat somebody, like, alive. Why not just do it when he does stupid barbed wire shit? Get it out. Keep it all in the family, you fucking weirdo. Right? Like, I just... This one This one was, uh, was a ride, guys. Because I just... I could not believe that this guy successfully murdered, raped, and ate somebody. And they're like, nah, he's good. <laughs> he's just... Well, he's not walking around. He's wheeling around. Tokyo. <laughs> Like, okay, first, what? That sounds like a weird K-pop song. What? Wheeling around Tokyo with my cannibal brother. <laughs> I just uh, when I when I read the snippet about this guy about being a cannibal that went free, I had I had to read about him because it just blew my fucking mind. And then she drags me into this shit. No. <laughs> I'm probably, if she ever kills somebody, I guarantee you guys, I will be the person she calls. Yeah, I will probably. To tell me about it. And I'll be like, why? We'll be that, we'll be that TikTok. What'd yeah. You, what did you do? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> why did you call me? <laughs> oh, God. Honestly... Okay, so there's this TikTok sound, and I'm going to make the TikTok this week. And you guys will probably see it before you see the episode, or hear the episode. Um, it talks about, um, what the fuck is it? Oh, it, she says, give me a reason to not commit murder today. And, like, she's like, what does she say? Um, I know one of the things is uh, blood is hard to clean up. Oh, the other one is you're a good person and neither of those deter the other character. And then she's like, there's no Netflix in jail. And she was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I don't know, man. At this point, as long you, you could probably find a way to get it put in your thing. Like, I won't kill anybody as long as you guys let me watch Netflix in jail. Yes. Because I need something. I need I need my Netflix because I need my Netflix originals. I will have to say, like, for as much as I don't like Netflix, sometimes their originals are fucking banging. They really are. Like, I saw like the what is it? The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh yes, and the Haunting oh. of were so good. So good, both of those because it was the Haunting of Hill House and the yep. Haunting of Bly Manor, and they were amazing. And he also did, um, the director of that did Midnight Mass, too. Oh, my God. Midnight Mass was fucking amazing. Now, guys, I'm not religious, okay? Like, I am not into the Christian, Catholic, whatever you want to call it, any of that. And so I was skeptical. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was like, I don't know about this, man. Like, this might be too much for me. But I watched it, and when I tell y'all, it will be so cathartic 
for anyone who has gone through like any type of like I call it religious abuse. I don't know if that's technically what it's called, but that's what I call I it. it. Is. I know what you're talking about, and I think that's exactly what it's called, religious and abuse. I'm telling you, it like this will feel so cathartic, and you will see what we really wish would happen in the world when these things happen, and like yes, what technically really should happen. And like, I'm not gonna spoil it because, like, really, you gotta watch it. You gotta and, watch it. You gotta. I mean. Not, at a Holy point shit. where you can handle that, I totally get it. Like, that is a very valid thing. And I will never say it's not. But I'm telling you, you've got to watch it if you are anywhere near, like, a good point. Like, where you've come to terms with your religious abuse and whatnot. Like, Or even if you have never had religious abuse and you're into, like, the supernatural things. Yes. That... Yeah. See that, and I wish it wasn't a limited series. I wish there was more. Like, I want to know what happens after, but yeah, like, want to know what happens like at the end. Yes, like, like I want to know like that. Oh my, there's so many questions I have, but I'm not going to tell you because if you haven't watched it, I'll ruin it. But it. Let me just so this way. Drivers of it are like too young to be able to basically take care of themselves, so I just want to know how they went about it, and I want exactly. Know, like, I'll just, that'll that'll be enough to like not spoil it, but like you'll just have to. It's amazing, and it is. It is so good. It, it I I had a hard time. And I guess it's kind of like pseudo cannibalism if you think about it. Yeah, it is, which is perfect. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say, hey, see, <laughs> we brought it back around. Uh, no, I mean, like it's just it's a very interesting way to look at. All the bullshit yes. that people want to pretend doesn't happen. And you can't guess the end. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that right now. And, and then I, one other movie that I just finished, and I'm gonna tell you guys you need to watch it because I was fucking mind blown, was malignant. Okay. I've heard I had heard mixed reviews on it. So if you oh like Oh my fucking God. Never would have thought I caught the now I I am very critical of horror movies. I yeah. really am. Because I've watched so many mm -hmm. that if I can get, if I'm, and I'm not good at it, so if I can guess where this is going halfway through, you got a shitty horror movie. Uh huh. And I, it isn't the last 20 minutes, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so, like, it's really good. It is really good. I was very impressed. Um, I can see why some people don't like it. Oh, sure. Because it's kind of a mind fuck. And a lot of people don't like that with their horror movies. And they and another thing I've noticed with horror movies is people don't like to have to pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes no, listen, when people watch a movie, they want to sit back and relax and watch the movie and they don't want to have to like pay attention they, like all the way. But this movie you have to pay attention or you get lost. And I, I don't think know. that's why people don't like it. That's what I loved about, like, Inception. Yes. Or Shutter Island. Do you remember that movie? Yes, or Requiem for a Dream. If you stop watching those, you get lost. Yeah, you're going to be like, the f where? how did I just get here? And sometimes, even if you're paying attention, you're also like, how did I get here? Well, I'm not going to lie. There was a point in Malignant where I had to rewind it a little bit and rewatch. So I was like, wait, what the fuck did I just saw? Because I, 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 what is the word I'm looking for? I disassociated. 
<laughs> so I was like, wait, 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 wait. What happened? Hold on. But I will it, say, it, back, it, back to Midnight Mass for just a quick second. Yes. There is a character in there that I promise you, even if you were not religiously abused, you will understand like why everybody hates this bitch. Oh my god, I know who you're talking about, and I fucking hate her. And I wanted I, her to die so much. <laughs> when I tell you that you will get the biggest fucking relief when you see what happens to this bitch, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just imagine that it's that person in your life. Because that's kind of what I did, and it made me real fucking happy. She, oh. <sighs> I didn't like her from the beginning. Oh man, the first minute, I was like... and But I love the actress. Right, that was me. I'm like, I feel weird. I don't usually hate you in movies. Like, I, I've never actively... <laughs> but you actively hate her character. Yeah. Like, right away. And I know exactly who you're talking about. Because she got under my skin so fucking fast. It was like, she comes on screen and she just had that stance of like, ah, it's, it's, you're, you're that one. Got it. Great. Exactly. Great. So, definitely... In relation to cannibalism, Midnight. watch Midnight Mass. <laughs> You're not, and trust me, you won't get it until about like probably the fourth episode. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think, cause what, there's eight of them? Yes. So yeah, about halfway through, you're like, oh, you're, you're I get why they said cannibalism. <laughs> but, you know. But yeah. It's, it was, it's a trip, but it's, it's a great one. It really was. Like, I, I was very, pleasantly surprised because i also when i first saw the previews fly manner you know because like they said it got boring i promise the first probably ep two episodes you'll probably have that same feeling but i promise stick with it i don't know the cats drew me in well i know that's what i'm saying like that part like it's kind of like how blind manner had like the one or two things that kept you like okay i just at least need to figure out what's going on with this shit yeah it, it is it, it's, it's it's what i like to call a slow burn Yes, and I love those. I know not they're not for everybody. Yeah, it, it's definitely a slow burn, but it's worth it. But man, when that thing goes boom, it goes fucking boom. It does, and it's such a mind fuck. And like, I was, again, like when I was watching the trailers, I was like, eh, I know, um, I was, but I also love Kate Siegel. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch but it. I, well, I watched it because I was like, well, the, the same guys that made the other two series I love made this one. Right, so, and that was all right, it's Kate Siegel again, and then there was a couple other people that I recognized from like Bly Manor and stuff. So I was like, "All right, all right." Yeah. So I'm like, "All right, I'm going to give this a chance." And like the first episode, I was like, "Okay, it's not like, you know, horrendous or anything." So I'll keep going. Second one, I was like, "Okay, I at least need to know what's going on with this." And I obviously can't just like jump to this because it's not like it's not like in a book where you can read a couple paragraphs to figure out where you're going to be. Like, yeah, you, you can't skip ahead in this. No. It will make no sense. He'll be like, wait, who is this person? Where did this come from? Yeah. And there, and I will say, don't watch it if you are during that emotional time of the month. No. Because there is one particular episode. Trigger warning. That will make you ball your eyes out. Yeah. And also trigger warning. If you have any issue with like anything pregnancy related. Yeah part that will make you kind of it, it, there's a twinge of hurt there for yeah, sure there, there's no there's no r word though there's no a word no so but it's just there is one 
I don't know if we're thinking of the same episode, but there's one, maybe there's two then, but there's one episode in particular that I was like, <gasps> so just, there are moments where it is very emotional, so be prepared. I think it's two separate episodes, yeah. Probably. <laughs> not like, it's not number six, but like, it was before that where, um. We're when, talking about two different episodes. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So yeah. there are a couple of them. But anyway, I'm going to get off of here before I destroy this for you guys. Right. So, we're trying to. <laughs> I just felt we should probably warn them if we're telling. Yes. Them. Yes. It, but again, like just like Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House, there were some triggering moments in it. It really is an amazing watch. And it's one of those. I believe it even tells you like before the episodes, like which ones have like those. It does. Yeah, it does. Thank God. So, um, least, so you can be like, at least in, if you anything, if you need to like not watch that episode that day, cause you're in a bad mindset, you will know, like you're not going to just get thrust into it. And you're like, Oh shit. Cool. Right. I'll call my therapist now. Thanks. So, like I said, we're going to be recording another episode this week. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't know what it is. Um, I know Kate told me and I wrote it down somewhere, but I can't find it. So just in general, just know it's some spooky shit, guys. Yeah. Um, so as always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Alright, y'all. We will see you next time. Bye. Get the fuck out of here, Peter Bear.